It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Field in the broadcast booth. Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. With me today is my producer, Sam Ekstrom. And on today's show, I mean, come on now. It was the NFL draft. Everything you heard around Vegas was true. But what stays in Vegas, what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas. Except for these draft picks. They got to go home to the teams they were picked by. And, of course, the Minnesota Vikings picked Lewis Seen, 6'2", 200-pound safety out of Georgia. Georgia did something historical. Five defensive players taken in the first round. No school has ever done that, so Alabama can't claim that now. Uh, Miami can't, can't, even though Miami had some great drafts with Ed Reed, Mike Rump, Philip Buchanan, uh, Jeremy Shockey, Clinton Portis, you cannot take that away from the Georgia Bulldogs. I know that's an all-time argument. Auburn, all those teams out there who tries to claim supremacy. You look at USC and their days of greatness with Reggie Bush. The greatness belongs to Georgia. The night was won by Georgia last night. Of course, there was a trade heard around the world, of course, at U.S. Bank Stadium for Vikings fans, but also in the show. We got Hobie Artigue. He's going to give us some insight into the playoffs for the Timberwolves, of course, because he was at practice. He's also going to tell us his feelings about the trade and what the Vikings are going to do at 34. And then, of course, it's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. But first, when you think about this draft, Sam, what was your initial reaction when the trade happened? Well, first it was, um, oh, 20 picks. Um, I think it was, a lot of people had that reaction. You know, this is, is Rick Spielman running this draft room? <laughs> but my, I walk away wondering what's going to happen with Jamison Williams, yeah. Jordan Davis, Kyle Hamilton. Like the yep. Vikings could have had an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. They could have had the best defensive tackle on the board. They could have had the best safety on the board. They passed up those opportunities. They move up in the second. They get a third. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks would have liked to, to get a future first-round pick. And I think a lot of times to move up 20 picks, you're probably giving up more than the Lions did this year. Um, so there's that. And then there's there's going to be the endless comparisons between Kyle Hamilton you know, in Baltimore and Lewis Seen with the Vikings. Two safeties, um, both very good in their own right. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wanted Hamilton. Uh, so I think that scene feels like a consolation prize for a lot of fans. I like him. I like Lewis scene. I think it's, he's a good player. I just think that the comparisons are going to potentially haunt fans. If scene isn't what you want him to be, mm-hmm. then that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But on, on paper, I really like the player. He's crazy fast, much faster than Kyle Hamilton, Mm-hmm. but he doesn't sacrifice any physicality just because he's quick and, and a little you know lighter. He He's really tough. So I think he's a really good player. I don't know if he plays every down in 2022, but this mm-hmm. is this is amassing talent on this team. And I think he's super talented. Yeah, and this is what it felt like to me. I, I go back to my draft in 2002, and, and both of these guys are, are my friends. They were my friends um, as we went through the draft process. But Roy Williams and Ed Reed. Roy Williams 
was kind of the the guy everybody talked about. He was the guy that made the big play in the Texas game. He was the guy that everybody said was the 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 easy answer to your problems at safety. So the Dallas Cowboys take him early. I think at number four, even he was up there. He was four or five. Uh, Roy Williams gets drafted, and then the Baltimore Ravens down in the twenties take Ed Reed. And the the question marks were size. He's not you know the gigantic you know guy that Roy is he's not a Sean Taylor type when you look at that Miami defense Miami defense they had two uh cornerbacks that were first round picks and Mike Rump and Philip Buchanan so people were like well you know is it is it Ed Reed or is it these eight or these corners that are really just good and Ed's just able to get tip balls and you know a lot of his plays were like hustle plays where he was taking balls from people on his own team and scoring touchdowns fast forward now Ed Reed's the Hall of Famer I think Roy at some point might but Ed was a clear-cut Hall of Famer. You know, he he had the interceptions. He had the ball skills. He had everything. Kyle Hamilton and, and Lewis Seen feel like that to me a little bit. It feels like Lewis Seen is going to be more of a playmaker, more of a highlight film. He's going to be a guy that's going to come downhill and hit people like Ronnie Lott. He's a guy that's going to make some big plays where he might get fined. Um, but he's also going to scare some people because if, if you get hit once, you're not going to come back across the middle with confidence and put your hands up. You're going to get those gator arms. And and Kyle Hamilton is more of a finesse safety, and I don't think the Vikings need that. They already have Harrison Smith, who's kind of your running around guy, your hide around guy, your secret guy. Um, you know, you have uh, Bynum who can come down in the box and cover, former cornerback, so I think they can use him. There's nothing saying you can't start off a game with three safeties. This is the thing. At his size, it's 200 pounds, 6'2", 200 pounds. He'll probably put on a little bit more weight once he gets into that that food and that money, and he's going to have a trainer. He's going to have a nutritionist. He's going to have all the stuff at the Vikings facility. He can, get, he can get a smoothie and some protein anytime he wants. So if that frame gets to 210, he's an easy banging safety. You know, when you think about Cam Chancellor, but he also can play in the box in a 3-4 because if one of your backers is going to go, the other backer sits in the hole and kind of plays the field, that could be Lewis Seen. Defense is now – and he's not a guy that's scared to take on a fullback or take on a running back. He can cover a tight end at 6-2. He can cover a running back at 4-3. So he gives you – he's like a Swiss Army knife, jack-of-all-trades on this defense – where Ed Donatel and Mike Pettin now have a project. They have somebody that they can work in there. Um, and now also Cam Bynum. Cam Bynum can go and play nickel on the other side. Somebody goes four receivers. You can put Bynum on one slot. You can put Cam Chancellor or Cam uh, Cannon Sullivan on another. Cannon Sullivan, sorry, on another. You can have uh, – you might get Andrew Booth Jr. at 34. So he's out there. You got Dancer who can come in. You got Patrick Peterson to cover. And now you got your two safeties on the back. They have a lot of things they can do with this defense. We know Kirk Cousins is going to get done what he needs to get done. That's why I personally like the pick. Um, I'm always going to be optimistic, unless it's just like one of those, like, oh, man, they took a punter. But we don't know what they're going to do. And nothing against punters. Don't tweet me. I know Pat McAfee's a punter. I love punters. I love kickers. Um, but I, I, I just don't see uh, all the angst of the fans. Harrison Smith is in, like, was his 10th year? Uh, Cam Bynum's in his first, I mean, second year, he had one year. Why not? Like, what is the plan? Think about when Harrison Smith was out with COVID. Think about when he wasn't playing. We were all like, man, what are they going to do? Now they added depth to a position they had none. We've always talked about that. And now you still can go get a corner that people wanted. Andrew Booth Jr.'s there. So I like the pick. You gain a second round pick. You move, or sorry, you gain a third round pick. You move up in the second. Thirty four and thirty three are just like first rounders. 
Um, you look at Brian O'Neill and Dalvin Cook, you're still getting high quality starting talent there in the second. Um, McKenzie Alexander. So that's why I was okay with that pick. I don't understand uh why people were so upset. But Sam, this is this is the other question I have for you. Yeah. Do you think that's the last trade? I mean, you got four picks or three picks in the sixth round. Do you think the Vikings are done trading? No, I think they're trading out of 34. I mean, I think they're in a power position now where all these teams got to sit here overnight and decide whether they want Malik Willis. Mm -hmm. Malik Willis might be the best player on the board right now. And if you want to talk about passing on quarterbacks, the Vikings passing on Willis at 32, I think that's going to be the more discussed oversight um, down the road. Mm. But it, the Vikings clearly have decided they're not taking Willis. Okay, that's fine. Um, someone else is going to want him. So the Vikings, I think, can get a bounty moving back from 34. And I'm not saying future firsts, but I think they can add maybe another second and another third tonight. I think tonight could be a huge night for the Vikings. They've already got three picks. Mm -hmm. Could turn into like five. And then yeah. you're talking about six picks in the top 100. Um, that's very much an Andrew Barry strategy you know, from Cleveland. that That's kind of the Cleveland model. That's how they built their team even before Andrew Barry. Um, so I think they move back from 34. I think that they are right there in the in the crow's nest waiting for someone to, to call and blow them away with an offer. And this is the thing I heard all last night at, at the Vikings facility. We want to dance, but we need a dance partner. And so, yeah, maybe trading back from 34, but with who? That's the question. And if you think about it, Sam, you're right. The Seahawks. You know, we know the Seahawks are possibly looking for a quarterback. You know, the Seahawks just traded Russell Wilson. So is Malik Willis their new Russell Wilson? Can you coax them into thinking they need to come up to 34 to get Wilson or, or Willis? Because the Bucs, people don't know. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't have – there's no plan for Tom Brady leaving. You know, when Tom Brady was leaving, it was one of those like, oh, my God, like the, the scene from the office when Michael's running around the office and he's running, you know, oh, my God, it's happening, it's happening. Like, that's what happened when Tom Brady retired. Then when he came back, everybody was like, okay, he's back. We're good. But they don't have a plan. Maybe Malik, Malik Willis is their plan. And nobody's even knowing. Their, their new head coach, I mean, come on now. That could be a fit. You look at their staff. That could be a fit in Tampa for them. You look at the players around them in Tampa. Running game. Receivers that can just take jump balls with Mike Evans. That could be the pick. But the Seahawks have two second-round picks. So if they are smart, they could flip with the Vikings, come up, get 34. The Vikings can drop back to you probably don't want to go with their 40, 41 because you want to go take their 40. You're only dropping back a couple picks. Tennessee, New York, Houston, Jets, and the Bears are in front of them. I don't think any of those teams are going to take a corner that the Vikings want. And you could still get another pick from the Seahawks and you look where else the Seahawks have you take their third the Seahawks have the 72nd pick that would give the Vikings 77 72 and I think 66. Was, and 66 so that's a lot that's a lot of great opportunity and then you can package in like one of your six round picks uh with that to jump up and get that extra third like another six and blah blah because you're gonna move up we're gonna give you our six because they have three six runs i don't think the sixth round is valuable to the vikings right now because of what they've gotten last year and then what's left um the only thing i could see of value there is cole turner the tight end out of nevada if he's still on the board um that's one that they could get but now with the picks they have they can get josh pascal in the third round 
And and then that makes it a really solid pick. He's another Swiss Army knife that can go across the front seven and play in multiple positions. You got Lewis Seen, who's a Swiss Army knife, across the back end, can play multiple positions, move up at linebacker and play nickel backer. So the Vikings, I mean, people is not flashy right now, but they're getting quality players. I keep saying that it's quality over quantity. They're getting quality players. They're going to make an impact early for this team, and that's what they need. Well, coming up, we're going to have Hobie Arteague, Fox Sports guru. Does all the game day shows here in Minnesota. He's going to give us his opinion of what last night was like at U.S. Bank Stadium and what he thinks the Vikings are going to do at 34. Stick around for Hobie Arteague. But first, make sure you check out our daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 Sports Director Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. Here, Reggie and Luke go back and forth about the latest in Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast feeds. Welcome back to the Ron Johnson Show. And as promised, Hobie Arteague has joined the show Fox 9 sports guru, does it all, knows it all. You got PJ Flex show. You got the Gophers game day show. You got the Vikings game day live. Of course, everybody gets up in the morning and watches that show. You have the Lindsey Whalen, the Ben Johnson. I mean, Hobie just does it all, but he is most likely uh, one of the best friends I've had in Minnesota since I've been here. Um, Hobie, I want to thank you for joining me, man. And last night, hey. let's just jump into this. Go ahead, Last man. night, it was a good atmosphere to start. To start, I was there for the trade. It was a good atmosphere to start. So let's talk about the start. In your mind, because I know one of the questions you asked me is, what what would the Vikings do to, to disappoint you? So in your mind, mm-hmm. uh, how did you feel about the night overall? I'll, I'll say this. Looking on social media, so many people were just against trading, especially that far back. I think some people in their minds expected some type of trade back to happen. I know Pittsburgh at 20 was a possibility. They still got their guy with Kenny Pickett, a new quarterback. But I think people overreacted just a little bit because going into this draft, people were just talking about how deep it is and how some NFL teams only had 15 guys with those first-round grades. If you're a new GM and a new head coach, would you rather, I guess is the challenge now, would you rather have 12, maybe 20, or would you rather get 32 and 34. That way you get two quality players to possibly hit on instead of just one that might be a flip of a coin at 12. Uh, it's an interesting draft strategy, but I think it might. It, it's one that might work out for this team, especially with who they got at, at 32. Yeah, and when you think about that, so you look at the 32nd pick overall, the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this is what kids this is what kids are waiting for. This is what kids want to do. They want to put this hat on. They want to get on stage. They want to tweet it out, Facebook it, Instagram it, Snapchat it. This is what it was about. Sure, it's and, not you? <laughs> of course. I mean, <laughs> if they drafted me, I'm putting it on and I'm out there. I'm ready to go, coach. Put me a tight end receiver. I'm blocking. I'm doing whatever. But when you think about that you know you look at the kid who they went out and got and lewis seen everybody was kind of like it was like the best reaction i can't wait for the vikings because we had a camera in the draft room of the stadium and Mm -hmm. some of the people that were caught on camera were the funniest people (laughs) i have ever there's a guy that grabs like a bunch of confetti in front and throws it at another guy he was so mad like i was like we were all sitting there like i hope he knows this guy and so they clearly don't because it, my reaction would have been different. 
it, it was super like not no no not knows the draft pick. I mean knows the guy he threw the confetti at. Like oh, it was just yeah. a random oh, okay. dude sitting on the ground. And then there's like a lady who skull chants by herself, and the guy looks over at her as if like, "Hey, look, Denise, we're not skull chanting right now." Like it was just it was epic. It was very the, late in the night. It was we like the office. The it reminded me of a scene from the office, of like Michael trying to get everybody <laughs> hyped up for this pick. And everybody's looking at Michael like, dude, we don't even know who this guy is. And then people deep dive. So I knew the mm -hmm. pick about six, well, five picks ahead because the Packers tried to trade with the Vikings. And probably the best line I've ever heard was we can't trade with them. We've already traded with somebody within the division. And so if you think about the Packers trying to get up to 32, they might have tried to get that receiver out of Georgia and Pickens. And because everybody said there's going to be five guys going in the first round of Georgia, Pickens probably would have been that guy. And then the Vikings would have still had their guy at 34. I think Lewis Seen would still be there. Antoine Winfield is already with the Buccaneers. I don't see the Buccaneers taking a Buccaneers taking another safety. Mm -mm. So the easy kind of thing would have been the Vikings could have got Lewis Seen at 34 and then maybe grabbed an additional second round pick from the Packers and let the Packers come up and get um their guy, which is probably Pickens for Aaron Rodgers because they do need a receiver. Pickens had off the field, or not and, off the but character issues. Well, also, if, reason, he would, if he wouldn't have tore his ACL in the spring, this dude's probably the number one wide receiver in the draft. Correct. And I, and I think that's the same thing when you look at Jamison Williams' uh, injuries with him. You look at Derek Stingley, who overcame his injuries. Mm -hmm. um, but but when you, you, you brought up the fans and you brought up Twitter and that, like after that, like Quasey, mm -hmm. overall, what would you say your initial reaction to his moves were? So whenever I saw the Lewis scene pick come across, at first I was like, well, they're already pretty set at safety right now with Harrison Smith and with Cameron Bynum. But also Harrison Smith is getting up there whenever you're talking about experience in the NFL. And Scene has been a great player. So whenever I was watching the national championship game, look, this is a Georgia defense that had a lot of talent. Clearly, you mentioned it, the five picks on the defensive side of the ball that they had in the first round. But the one guy who kept jumping out over Trevon Walker – over Jordan Davis, over N'Kobe Dean, who's still on the board, by the way, in the national championship game, it was Lewis Seen. Just because mm -hmm. the dude was all over the scene, whenever you're talking about getting to the football. The guy can play in the run game. He can play in the passing game. He's great in whatever role you ask him to be. Georgia moved him around the field all over the place. So I think that's something the Vikings defense, they say they want to be multiple. I think that they can use a guy who can also run a sub 4 four forty in many places on this defense. I like the pick. And also you need to have a contingency plan for after Harrison Smith leaves this organization. And I think that he could be a great pick. By the way, put Cameron Bynum. Where is his experience in college at? Corner. They yep. rotated him to safety. Right now we know that this Vikings defense over the last few years, they've had depth issues. Yep. I think the more multiple pieces you have to put on that back end of the defense, especially as you kind of tweak things up front, switch into a 3-4, the more pieces you have on the back end, the better, especially moving forward into this season with a new staff. Yeah, and so looking at the draft overall, though, you know, mm -hmm. day two, it's going to yeah. be a great day today. I'm still, like, I, I was on a podcast with the Vikings last night to one in the morning. Um, <laughs> it was cool, though, to watch Kevin O'Connell walk by me, uh, Quasey, and then this was what's funny to me last night. So I'm sitting there in the room, and uh, I'm just trying to be a fly on the wall, stay out the way. And then uh, Chad Abbott from KFan comes over to me. He's like, man, why don't you just come sit in there with us? And I'm like, really? Like, now you say that? He's like, well, I didn't even know you were sitting here. Because I literally, like, I stay out the way. I'm in the back You could of the be room. part of the brain trust, Ron. 
I'm I'm in the back of the room. I'm not trying to be there. But no, so when Kevin O'Connell and Quasi both jumped on K-Fan, their studio is right. I mean, we're standing right there. I just didn't want to go in the room because I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know what the, the I, don't I don't know, know if these guys. There or not. Yeah. And then he's like, man, okay. you should so so tomorrow, I or I mean, not tomorrow, sorry, today it is today now. I I'm gonna be in there. Like I'm gonna be sitting in that corner in the in the room, listening to Kevin and Quasi talk at, you know on the radio. Um, because they they say, hey, you can you can sit in here. It's fine. You're you're in our circle. We know you're not gonna tell. Like I, I heard a lot of stuff last night that I can't divulge. But I'm gonna just tell you guys this: it is some awesome conversations between these guys. It seemed extremely organic. It seemed extremely like in tune. There was nobody that didn't agree with what other people were saying. So practicing like, what they've been preaching, correct? All offseason. It, it it was so cool to see, and even like the Packers phone call, and you know when people pick up the phone, guys looking at each other like, "Who's calling us now?" Like it's just it was funny, like the way they were doing that. But you know, Hobie, overall today, day three, you get three picks. Day two, sorry, you get three mm -hmm. picks. What do you think the Vikings need to address first with that 34th pick? I, I still go back to their top need whenever we were talking about him at 12 and corner. Yep. And whenever you saw Derek Stingley Jr. and Sauce Gardner go off the board within the first few picks, mm -hmm. I think that that really amped up the process and the thought process of, well, maybe we trade back and still get a guy. And I mean, there are going to be guys there. Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, that's a guy that a lot of people are high on. Roger mm -hmm. McCreary from Auburn, he's played against a lot of great receivers. Jamar Chase in 2019, he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Granted, Chase got his because that's what he does to everybody, yep. but McCreary really held his own. But I think the guy that a lot of people need to watch is Tariq Woolen from UTSA, UT San Antonio. I mean, the guy's an athletic freak, a six-foot-four corner who can run a sub 4-3-40, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think it was like 4-2-6. Yeah. And his vert is extremely good. I think it was the best DB at the Combine. That could be a project-type guy. Now, I don't know if that's a guy that you want to reach up and grab, but here we got the Patriots last night. They reached up and got Cole Strange in the first round. Yep. That was my quote-unquote deep dive pick. So yep. I, it, it might go back to if you see your guy and you want your guy, just go up and get him. Who cares what people have to say? Yeah, uh, people think, had Cole think, Strange I think, late. Yep. I, I think that I think that corner is still the top need for this team because who do you pair on the other side of Patrick Peterson? I think Cameron Dantzler is, is a great, great project. He's developed throughout his career, but is he the the long-term answer? Because P2 is not like Harrison Smith. P2 is not going to be there forever, and you're going to have to find another guy, especially in today's NFL. With how much they throw the football, you're going to need a guy that's going to be on one side of the field outside at corner. Yeah, and thanks to the Timberwolves, this might be one of the most exciting weeks or weekends of Minnesota sports. You got the Twins still, or not still, you got the they Twins playing. Man. You yeah. got the Twins playing and winning. You got the Wild Dude, in the playoffs. The Tigers, man. They Bad did. Tigers are dumb, though. Tigers made some dumb, like, they did some dumb stuff. They did some Lions-type stuff. Uh, but you look at the Tiger, or sorry, you look at the Twins, you look at the Wild, you got the Timberwolves, which mm -hmm. made the, the quafecta, the quafecta, not the trifecta, the quafecta. I'm going to coin that phrase. So the the Timberwolves are playing tonight. And, and of course, we know the Vikings draft is still going to go. But the, the, the Timberwolves are playing tonight. Must okay. win game six. I said Wolves in six. So, of course, that can't happen unless I can get back in my time machine. Uh, and, and Michael J. Fox can take me back a couple days and I can tell them what to do when they're up 20. But when you look at the Timberwolves, what do the Timber need, Timberwolves need to do to force this to a game seven? Close out in the fourth quarter. Not not make mistakes. I was at practice yesterday before we went to the draft party. Mm. And uh, Anthony Edwards showed up and also head coach Chris Finch showed up. And the big thing that Finch said was we can't be playing hero ball whenever we need to win together as a team. We also can't take 
bad fouls at the end of games because that's what happened, especially with Patrick Beverly, because if you take him out of the game, he's such a heartbeat to the floor whenever he's out there that it just kind of takes away that energy. But also, whenever Anthony Edwards showed up, he said, I know what coach was talking about, and that was me. That's all me for trying to do too much within myself and not really trusting my teammates. But I go back to this, too. Anthony Edwards made that shot, that three to tie up the game at 109. Are we talking about a completely different ball game if he takes a better angle on that last layup that John Moran had? Mm -hmm. Are we? I, I think we are, and I think that it was just a small mistake that ended up costing him a game. And he said, he said yesterday pretty much, I was a big reason why we lost game five. I think that Ann's going to come out with some fire tonight. I think he is, especially in front of a home crowd, because he knows us on the line. I asked him yesterday, I said, have you ever played in an elimination game? And he said, no, he never did. So now's the time for him to really show up and show that he is that dude on that team because it is trending in that direction, especially after he made that shot to tie it up late. Well, I want to thank Hobie for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Stick around. Up next, we got Thaley 3. That's three questions, three minutes. We'll be back after this. Do you want smart post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get instant reactions from our Locked On team hosts, along with prominent reporters like Kevin Gork for the Wild, Brandon Warren for the Twins, and Chalenga Legison for the Timberwolves. No fluff, just 10 minutes of straight analysis after each game. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast. Well, it's that time. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam. Well, Ron, you addressed it a bit in the open, but I'm curious about your thoughts on Quazy's strategy for tonight. I'd like you to give me, let's say the Vikings stick with their three picks. What positions would you like to see them fill with those three picks? Well, with the three picks coming up tonight, I say corner. I say edge or defensive line. And then honestly, this is the thing. You can go another corner. Um, if there's a receiver there, because we know KJ Osborne good. We know Kevin or Kevin. We know Justin Jefferson's good. We know Adam Thielen's good. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, I think, is a fine feeling. I think he's going to grow into whatever they decide to do with him. With his speed, I could see him being used like a Van Jefferson for the Rams. Van Jefferson was a take-the-top-off guy, deep post-type guy. Uh, you run a deep over with Justin Jefferson, you have a, a absolute bomb deep post with Amir Smith-Marset. He has that top-end speed. But if there are some other guys still out there, um, you think of Christian Watson out of NDSU. If he's not gone at 6'4", he has speed. Um, there are some other speed guys that the Vikings could possibly take. But I'm going to say cornerback, defensive line. Now, interior guard, um, that's one for me. Linebacker, you still have uh, N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia, the linebacker. He was the 17th rated player in this draft. And we know the draft is one of those things that Malik Willis was a first round, not say lock, but he, everybody assumed he was going to be in the first round. Of course, Vegas did because everybody put the two and a half quarterback deal. So that that allowed nobody to have a push unless somebody cut a quarterback in half and drafted him. There was going to be no push. Um, but you got Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett were kind of the two. And then, like I said, uh, Matt Corral was the other one. Sam Howe was another one. But I said this on the show yesterday. I thought it was going to be under two. After I talked myself into it. I'm like, when I started going through the numbers of who's going to draft who, 
I didn't really see somebody that's going to take Malik Willis early. I thought, and, and definitely not Matt Corral. I think that's what I it finished on, where I was like, yeah, Malik Willis and I think Kenny Pickett were my two. Um, but I said Kenny Pickett would go to the Steelers. I, I, I was spot on with that. When you think about corner, though, for the Vikings, Andrew Booth Jr. is there. Kobe Bryant, who was a Jim Thorpe Award winner, the best cornerback in football who played alongside a Sauce Gardner. That's the key. Sauce Gardner wasn't getting tested. Kobe Bryant was because after Sauce got a couple pick sixes and people realized he's the truth, then they start going at Kobe Bryant. And he still was the Jim Thorpe Award winner. So when you look at Kobe Bryant, I, I think he's serviceable. Gabe Henderson's uh, brother is a coach or best friend is a coach at, at Cincinnati. And he said, man, that Kobe Bryant kid is legit. He said, Sauce is Sauce. Sauce is a generational corner. He's a lockdown corner, long uh tall fast a lot of guys at that height six three six four uh it, they're tight you know mel blunt my godfather steelers hall of famer was six four not was is i have a picture with him um recently and i, I need to post it but mel is taller than me i'm six three and mel is taller than me and he plays corner that's crazy i couldn't imagine going up against him he told me he beat my ass every time and i, I kind of believe it like his arm his hand his strength i mean i was a strong guy but mel was long you look at Sauce Gardner, he has the ability to be that. But then he said Kobe Bryant is good, though. He said, man, like, Sauce is generational, but Kobe Bryant's going to come in and play for somebody. And so if the Vikings can get him late in the third or even the fourth, he's another piece that's better than some of these corners last year when you name some of the names for the Vikings. People are like, who? Who's going to play corner today? Or who's going in because so-and-so's hurt? Kobe Bryant's not going to be that who guy. He's going to come in. One, the name is cool. But he's going to come in and play. And so if the Vikings can get two corners in Booth and Kobe Bryant and then still get Josh Pascal, uh, the Swiss Army knife, D-tackle, edge out of Kentucky, man, that, like, you stop people, you don't have to score that many points. I get it. The Rams were in shootouts for some of their games, but they also had a ridiculous defensive line. They had a ridiculous rush when they added Von Miller and they had Aaron Donald. You look at that, Jalen Ramsey. You know, they got the beard, Weddle. Eric Weddle came in for him to help him out. You add those pieces, the Vikings are the number one team in the NFC North. The Packers still have an address receiver. Rumors are they're trying to go get George Pickett. Who knows what's going to happen? But that's my thought on that one. Yeah, you know, I, I would have endorsed the Vikings taking receiver last night or tonight for that matter. But there was a comment made by O'Connell in the in the press conference. I asked him, I said, you know, is there a stir that gets caused when big name receivers get traded on draft night? And he said, mm -hmm. you know, the teams that are trying to pick up receivers, they probably aren't as secure as we are in our receiving core, Correct. which made me think that they're not adding any big name talents to that group. I think they're probably going to stay away. But if they if they do your strategy and go corner corner edge, they would have some much needed defensive depth that they've been and then lacking. And people will be happy again. Everybody's going to love them again. Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, you touched on this as well, but only one quarterback taken in the first round. And I thought it was particularly curious that the Saints, Lions, and Eagles all traded up, but did not take a quarterback. It it just surprises me, Ron, when teams that uh, need quarterbacks are able to pass up the opportunity in the first round. Mm -hmm. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, no, it didn't. I mean, honestly, these quarterbacks don't jump out. Like we said, nothing like Kirk Cousins is good, but Kirk Cousins wasn't. Uh, a high value quarterback coming out of college and now after and again this is after he's grown been better like Tom Brady if you fast forward people are like yeah Tom Brady's a first round pick in any draft uh, because you know what you can get out of him now 
um, and the and the Michigan Wolverines completely screwed them with Drew Henson. I was playing at that time. Drew Henson came in. He was my class, 98, and they started splitting time with Tom Brady. And so, of course, then people questioned, is Tom Brady really good? He's a starting quarterback at Michigan. If that doesn't happen with Drew Henson, Tom Brady probably goes in the second, third round. Uh, but because of that, he drops to the six because we were like, this dude didn't even play every game. He wasn't the starter for every game. Is this Drew Henson kid really better than him? Like, what is Lloyd Carsey? And so when you think about the draft of quarterbacks this year, it was a similar sentiment. Nobody really stepped up and jumped out where you're like, is this guy better than Jared Goff? And I think that's where the Lions are at. Is he better than Jared Goff? Maybe Kenny Pickett, but who knows? Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. I think we keep forgetting that. Yes, the Rams won one with Matthew Stafford, but they got there with Jared Goff. They didn't have OBJ. They didn't have Von Miller. So maybe those pieces helped them get a little bit better. Matthew Stafford's definitely a killer. He's a beast. But Jared Goff got to a Super Bowl. He won a lot of games. He destroyed the Vikings. Um, so when I'm looking at that, if I'm watching film and I'm and I'm Coach Campbell, I'm like, man, like if we can just stop some people, maybe our quarterback can do what he did in, with the Rams and actually get us somewhere and win some games. Uh, he beat the Vikings this year. Jared Goff did. Dumb plays by the corners at the end of the game, but he beat the Vikings. So for the Lions, they're like, if we don't find anybody better than that guy, why rock the boat? Why try to get a rookie in here that might be another, uh, you know, Joey Harrington type situation or David Carr type situation where they're just okay? We know Jared Goff can get us to a Super Bowl. We know Jared Goff, uh, if I can help him out more like Sean McVay did, um, we can stop some of these turnovers. And I think that's where the Lions were. With the Saints, I really don't know what they're thinking. Uh, we do know there's still some trade opportunities out there. We do know that the 49ers have a conundrum uh, that maybe they might package Debo with Garoppolo and try to find a suitor for both. The Saints maybe could be that place. Who knows? They got Chris Olave, I think, is who they took. Uh, yep. Yeah, Chris Olave. Yep. Um, we don't know if Michael Thomas is ever going to come back. <laughs> who knows what Michael Thomas is going to do? So maybe. Maybe Michael Thomas wants out, and we just don't know it because he's not as vocal about that stuff. Maybe Michael Thomas wants to be a 49er, and Debo wants to come be a Saint with Drew Garoppolo, and now Trey Lance is the quarterback of the 49ers. The 49ers wanted Kirk Cousins. That didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not surprised there when you look at the Saints. And then the Eagles. The Eagles are just – I think Jalen Hurts, they're going to give him one or two more years. I think their goal they, – they went and got another receiver. He's FaceTiming. Jalen Hurts receiver FaceTiming with uh, A.J. Brown right away. Bro, we about to be lit. We about to do this. La la blah, blah. It's all for show. Great. You guys are already FaceTiming. You're already trying to show you're together. It's only going to take a little bit. There's only so many footballs that can go around. Pay a guy $57 million guaranteed. He's got to get the ball. So, no, I was not surprised uh, by those teams passing up the quarterback because there's nobody out there that we were like, okay, clear-cut favorite. Let me turn that into my third question about the lions specifically, because they had a good first round. They get mm -hmm. Aiden Hutchinson, number two, they get Jamison Williams, number 12. Mm -hmm. uh, are, are the lions a scary team yet in the NFC North, or are they still a year away? Still a year away. Jamison Williams is not going to play right, right. away. Um, he looked great though. Walking to the stage. Um, that was a huge, like, cause I was worried he's going to be limping. Cause at first I looked, he was limping, but that's that limp after I've been sitting down in the chair for too long. I got that same limp. You sit down in the chair too long. You get up, knees are tight. I mean, that's just the football receiver thing. You're putting a lot of pressure on those knees and feet. Uh, so we had that limp early, but then once he started walking to the stage, um, and I'm pretty sure his agent and his, his PR people said, make sure you walk normal, dude. Like, you know, you, you don't, cause when you walk bad, you create bad habits. Um, so, you know, and, and I mean, your body starts to try to react to you limping a little bit. He looked fine walking. So that was good. They show highlights of him already, like working out, 
you know, whatever, two or three, three, four months after surgery. So he's out there working on no more than that. Let's see, March, April. So, yeah, so about five months, uh, four to five months after surgery, uh, he's out there working out and doing stuff. And, um, you know, because I think what National Championship was January. So, yeah, so March, April. Yeah. So February, March, April, three, three, four months. He's he's out there working out, jumping around. But, yeah, I don't think he's going to be ready to go week one. Um, he might not even play this year, depending on that knee. He might have to redshirt per se. Um, and the, the Lions are looking at a, a long-term plan for this kid, not rushing him out there. Uh, so no, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, definitely a scary man. He's a high motor guy, uh, fast, strong, powerful, reminds you of Jared Allen a little bit. Um, you know, just can get to the quarterback a number of ways, faced a ton of double teams and still was able to split them. So you know, not a not a dumb guy. Like he's not just gonna let two guys eat him up. He's trying to get skinny and get through there. So yeah, he scares you a little bit. But the the thing with that is, like, is he gonna come out and be Khalil Mack early on? I don't think so right away. Um, Khalil Mack was just a different animal. But when you look at Aiden Hutchinson and what he possibly can help, it's gonna be the mentality. He wants to like that bite your kneecap mentality. He's gonna bring that to the Lions defense. Um, he's a hometown kid. Another kid is gonna sell jerseys. He's a hometown kid. He's a Michigan kid. You know, he, he's he's a guy that family, friends, Michigan grads, Michigan students are going to wear Aiden Hutchinson jerseys now to Michigan games this year. Like, it's an easy marketing thing. It was an easy layup because we thought he'd go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville did not take him. So the Lions would have been dumb not to take him because he's sitting there. Um, so, no, but no, I, I'm not scared of them. That'll do it for the Ron Johnson show. We had a great show today. We had Hobie RT. We talked about the, the Vikings. We talked Timberwolves, Wild. Please go back and watch all the episodes and please make sure you subscribe on YouTube to Locked On Sports Minnesota and the Ron Johnson Show. And you can download, listen and take us wherever you get your podcast. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.